morning world. How we doing today? We're here. This is I am here. I am the Phil Ward Wildcat. I am here with my compadre KG. And KG, what where what is the happening thing today? What is the, your first words out of your mouth today now that something is going on? Ass hattery. All right then. Anything else you want me to do to get there before we get into ass hattery and head up the ass? That's that's my word. <laughs> it's gonna be my word. Um Folks, we got our good one today. I'm, so I'm distraught to the point. with a few people, uh, initials KS, DS, but as is our custom, Wildcat, give us those scores, sir. Since we last spoke to the people out there in the, in the viral world, let's see, starting off with Rice, men's basketball beat HBU 78-66, then right around a couple of days later and beat St. Thomas University 81-67, women's basketball lost, lost both of their games in the Hackerman Invitational 64-2. Their own tournament. Which is their own tournament that they host on a, during the holiday season. To, uh, the first game was uh, 64-61. Texas A&M Corpus Christi. The second game was Oregon State, 63-57. Women's swimming lost a dual meet to uh, Texas A&M, 160-95. U of H men's basketball lost to LSU, 59-58. And then beat, turned right around and beat uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi's men, 87-66. Women's basketball got blasted by TCU, 80-35. And then lost again to UTSA 70-59. And as we all know, the football team lost the conference championship to uh, Southern Miss 49-28. San Jack, men's basketball, lost to Lamar State Port Arthur, one of those combination schools, 73-74. Beat Lee College, Region 14, 84-73. Women's basketball lost to Tyler during College 58-86. And also lost to Paris, J.C., 56-74 St. Thomas Women's basketball beat Houston Tillerson 85-67 Then lost to Lady of the Lake 67-76 HBU Men's basketball uh, Lost to Texas State On the road 76-103 Women's basketball Lost to SFA 39-53 Then turned around to, And lost also to Navy 31-67 And uh George Washington's 44 to 80 in the Navy Classic. TSU men's basketball lost to Ball State on the road 64-53, and then also to Denver 62-47. Women's basketball got smashed by Baylor 91 to 39. PV, yes, I am mentioning them right now because of being asked to. To add them to the scores. Men's basketball were beaten by Baylor 90-54. Women's basketball lost to Northwestern 79-69 and then lost to UNLV 73-60. Beat the only uh, one win on since we last talked was against California State University at Bakersfield 69-64. And those are the scores. And well, to Wildcat. So now we get into the specifics and where where will we where will we start to today, KG? And just touched on a few things. Uh, I was at the Titanic tilt Saturday afternoon at Hoffman's Pavilion between the two oh nine teams, the Houston Cougars women's basketball and HBU Huskies women's basketball game. The Cougars picked up their first win of the season with an 83-60 victory over the Huskies. I got the first, my first time to see a freshman 
post for the Huskies, Shanice Steenholt. Good one. She Good legit. One. She's an old school player. She scored a game high 30 points, but as I mentioned in the score, the Huskies as a team scored 60, so she scored half their points basically. Cougars couldn't stop her, but the Huskies couldn't stop the Cougars. U of H had four players in double figures. One of the players had nine points. Uh, freshman Amanda Lawson led the Cougars to 24 points. Roxanna Button scored 22. It's probably their the Cougars. It was most points Cougars have scored all season for a game. Heck, they scored 54 points at halftime versus the Huskies, and that was more than three games they had scored. So uh, this season, Cougars are one and nine on the year. Huskies are 0 and 10. Uh, Cougars are off. Everybody pretty much is off for finals. Biggest final exams right now. Next game for. Coach Buchanan's team will be on the road December 18th at Washington, 4.30 in the afternoon. No confirmation or verification if the game's going to be on TV, but initially the game's going to be picked up by one of the uh, Fox Sports regional channels. I'm not sure if that's still the case with all the injuries uh, to the Cougars and the poor record that they have. But Wildcats touched on it. Southern Miss beat the U.S. football team on two Saturdays ago, 49-28 since then. All the coaching talk has uh, kicked around, and uh, Saturday afternoon it was announced that uh, Kevin Summer is the new head coach at Texas Aggies, and the Cougars will, have begun, will begin a national search to replace Coach Sumlin. Honestly, this is my personal opinion. I thought I believe Coach Sumlin left U of H before the game versus Southern Miss. That's how he coached. He coached not to win. He coached to lose. Some of the things in the game, the play calling was was iffy. Uh, his, his decision to punt the ball when it was fourth and one early, I believe, in the third quarter, upset me. Ball was at midfield. Instead of going forward, fourth and one, they punted. The punter was having a horrible day. The wind was gusting. He, he couldn't kick into the wind past for 25 yards. And then a kicker for me, Southern Miss is already, the game is well in hand. I, I will say that. Southern Miss is up 21 points in the fourth quarter. Cougars have fourth down, roughly maybe two yards to go. And Coach Summers going to send out the punt team again. The crowd was just dumbfounded. Then, uh, I don't know, the least. whoever, well, I don't know if it's called Summon, Case Keenum, whoever, another coach, players, whatever, called timeout. And then they went for it, they made it. Just the fact that he considered going forward in that instance was the final straw for me, and I want him gone. Because that mentality just it indicated to me that he was already gone from the program. So good luck then with the Aggies and the SEC. Uh, looking forward to uh, Mac Rhodes, AD for Houston, hiring a good coach. There's so much talk about regard U of H athletics now. Now, remember the Big East. We'll start playing in the Big East in conference 2013, 2014. However long the Big East is around. Um, they've announced that you were at the celebratory uh, press conference and everything on Friday where it was announced that well, we'll be uh, breaking on the football stadium in about 10 months. I think that's too long, but but they're going to do it. That's yeah, at least a public statement. At least they come to that point because you and I have both realized that the, the word, you know, it's rumors and the Indian knows it's been nobody knows when and they didn't know what, you know, how they were going to get there because a flat line that pretty much uh, was where the uh, was funding was at. Yes. Uh, and now that uh, there's a date. Funding is there. The signage will probably be down the road. You know where you're going to be uh, one year from now. So, you know, I was good for the uh, for the Eastern Cougars right now. Uh, now, um, 
anything else on your mind in all this? Because oh like, yeah, uh, give me your thoughts on on how Coach Summer handled this, this whole thing. Well, um, and this is just my opinion, just like the the KG's was. Me personally, I think he handled it okay, uh, basically because he kept it a, uh, kept a distraction, a non-distraction on it until the championship weekend, and that's when it got high and uh, got real heady because there were all these darts and all being thrown from every which way, and arrows coming from every which way about where he was going, who he had talked to, uh, who had talked to him. And as he kept saying on a regular basis, you know, when we asked that question, I haven't talked to anybody. Nobody's talked to me. You know, I'm not going anywhere. Nobody has said that other than what folks have said. And they were starting to filter through that. Nobody pretty much didn't have a handle on anything that was going on. Uh, they probably thought a lot of things, but they didn't have anything specific. And I'm pretty much, myself, I'm a factual guy. Either you know what's going on or you don't. And the only person that could answer that question was Coach Sumlin and people that represent him. Okay, there you go. Now we're going to disagree. Agree, disagree. Now, the people that represent him talk to those folks. Uh, what he said, you know, in a court of law was true. No one has spoke to him. True. That does not mean his agents representatives had not spoken to other team. Right. So, and the fact that word had gotten around nationally and locally that um, proposals had been exchanged, et cetera, et cetera. His agent leaked it out. That's fine. That Those leaks were from his own people. So that's where it started from. So he can say all he wants to about no one talked to me. We all know that his, the teams, other schools mentioned, Rumble, Illinois, UCLA, Arizona State, spoke to his representatives. So however he wants to spend it, if, if he's comfortable with how it was done, fine. I wanted him gone. He didn't want to be here. This was not the first time he decided to stip his toe in other, other people's swimming pools to see how the temperature felt. So it's not the first time he's, he looked around. If you don't want to be here at the coaching university at Houston football, get out of here. That's why I feel, yes, I'm a Cougar alum and I'm proud of it. But if you don't want to be here, don't be here. And word is, Saturday, he, he spoke to the team, the, the football team, and, and got emotional, teared up and all that. Honestly, that's guilt. That's what I think he was. He felt guilty of how, how he, he's leaving the squad before the bowl game on the second Ticket City Bowl in Dallas versus Penn State. So if you want to be here, go away. Coach Tony Levine is the interim head coach. Coach Tony Levine is an emotional person. After the women's basketball game versus the Huskies, I called after speaking to Coach Buchanan and, and Roxanna Budden and Amanda Lawson, and that article is on my website, HoustonRoundBarReview.com. I ran over here, literally ran over to the alumni building to catch the end of the press conference, Mac Rose and Coach Levine. Coach Levine is emotional. He got emotional. Uh, was asked if he wanted to be the head coach. He asked what he was going to do. The players gave him standing ovation when he was announced that he'd be the interim head coach. That touched Coach Levine deeply. He he he, he teared up. Honestly, he teared up talking to the media about uh, how, how much it means, how much he loves this program. He's only been here four years, but he loves the city of Houston. He loves the University of Houston. Uh, his family loves it here. So he'll be uh, one of the people considered for the job. Uh, you know, President Pretor and Mac Rhodes will interview other people for the job. Because, I mean, personally, the University of Houston right now is a plum job. You know, they're going to the Big East. They're bringing ground, a new stadium. Facility's going to be upgraded. The team has solid players returning. They have uh, seniors coming to campus, 14, 15 seniors coming to campus on, on the weekend is coming up. 
to uh, nail home their commitments. They haven't lost any commitments yet with Coach Sumlin. Even they may lose a handful here or there for Coach Sumlin. But I think everything is on up and up for the University of Houston's football program and athletics. So if you want to be a part of that, come aboard. If you don't want to be here, don't come here. That's why I feel about all that. Now, with that being said, where do you go from here as a group, as a as a, as a, as a university? Because as you said, you know you you landed now in a in a in an AQ conference. Are uh, you keeping the other conference viable? Uh, hopefully, it will stay that way. Um, so, where do you go from here? Because at some point, until this university gets to do uh, a financial situation where you can keep folks from coming in and, and, and picking up your coach, you hold on to one because the, uh, the conversation I had yesterday while we were, uh, I was sitting where I was at, um, it, it, it's pretty much a given that it'll be hard for you to in a marriage situation or a family situation to come home and say you turned down $3 million or whatever the amount is being paid no matter what you're making on your job right now but you came home and told your wife and told your family that you were turning down money and we were going to stay here uh, you pretty much get on the clock you put on the clock see okay uh, there, and, there is and, that and, perspective and, however you know, and, 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 that's for, and that's me looking for, from a realistic point of view uh, and the conversation that was given Senator from uh, uh, Mac Rose was basically uh, when it happens, it happens, and all I'm gonna do is just shake his hand, hug him, and thank him for his per- uh, for his, uh, his presence here with us, and then send him on his way, and then move on to the next to the next phase, and then go and find somebody. So, with that being said. Why do you go and find somebody? What do you look? Do you look in house, or do you do you really go outside, or, or what? They'll, they'll look in house. You know, Jason Phillips is on staff. Um, some scuttlebutt yesterday is, is he may or may not be get consideration for the job. You know, Brian Stewart is the coordinator. Hold it though, because I'm asking you why. Because he put time in. He's actually put time in. in well, I cannot say why, because what I heard, I cannot, I have not confirmed or verified. But if it's true, I don't want him involved with the program. I just put it like that. So what I was told. Okay. But I, I can't go into specifics because I haven't had a chance to look into it. But getting back to your previous point about uh, coming home to your wife, family, and turning down money, Chris Peterson. State of boy state. Yeah, but that situation looks, is different. Why is it different? His situation is different because of the medical uh, situation with his daughter. Okay, that's why he had. That's, that's one. That's one of the reasons why he's, he had. To, he that, had that, and that may be. But there are coaches. There are people in professions throughout the country and the world who turn down jobs that are high paid. If you if if you are happy in a place, it does. Where, where is it written that you have to go somewhere just because they pay more money? Chasing the job, you chasing the money. That's what somebody asked me. So okay, so yeah, that's two different things. If you're happy where you are, you will stay at a place. I mean, the, the basic, the, the old time phrase is the grass is not always greener. That's true. So but that, if that you, because if, they offer more opportunities, you, if, you're no, take no. A shot. if you are if you are happy where you are, you'll stay where you are. And honestly, I think Coach Sumner will be gone from, in, from Aggieland in about three years. And you know what? He would have gotten his opportunity. He would have gotten his shot. And he would have said, okay, and, and, I no, know no, where he, I stand. He would have gotten his shot. He would have gotten paid. That's what he would have gotten. 
but he will also got the shot too. And spent all the fat on his face. That's what that's what he was doing. The reason I'm saying that is because of Coach Weiss that just got the job at Kansas. That's a perfect example. He got his shot. He took his shot. And he got and he got paid in the process. But he took his shot. When he had an opportunity, he took his shot. Took his shot for what? The coach in the Bulls? Yeah. He took his shot to come back to Notre Dame and play. The coach, rather. And couldn't get them to where they, want, where they needed to be, or where they wanted to be, or where they, the, the alumni hoped they would be. And in the process, was let go, hit it back to the pros, and now he's getting a second chance at Kansas, where the realistic situation for football is totally different. Because that is a basketball school. Well, we'll see. Well, if it was so realistic, why is Turner here? Why was he gone after two years? His situation, from what I've been able to decipher and get uh, some information from, was pretty much what happened to Ron Price that was at Kansas State. Avia Nation, uh, some of the alumni. Uh, not being happy the way he handled situations on campus and often at functions, and the way his, his recruiting base, the way he was recruiting for kids now at at, UK, at, uh, at Kansas, and his staff was not the best that could be, uh, at least that it needed to be for them to be successful. So it sounds like to me they failed in the interview process. Right. And that's on them. Exactly. That's on them. Okay. And they'll find the same thing out now you land. Well, I think it'll work, you know, some kind of way. And, and hopefully it will. But everybody's got to take no, this. No, no, no. No, hopefully it will. He's in the SEC. He's in, he's in the big boy leagues now. We'll see if he'll get a defense. We'll see if he get, if he has to keep uh, the rooter on defensive coordinator, which he probably will. He won't have much of a choice in that. Maybe one particular specification in him taking that head coaching job with the Aggies. But he's in the SEC now. He can be happy. If he's happy counting his extra millions, fine. If he's happy being fourth place behind Alabama and LSU and, and all of them, fine. Go ahead. Be gone. Now, that's one asset out the way. The bigger asset is Mr. David Stern. How can a person that owns, be a part owner, or at least supposed to be a part owner, takes a situation, which is pretty much what that was, and cancels it just because he doesn't like it, but it was probably, in the on the short side, but in the long run, it probably would have been the best for the company because it would put more money in everybody's pocket. His stockholders and all would have said, hey, you're doing a pretty good job as far as, far as being champion. Now, and, and I, that, that's, that's me reading it, as, as looking at it as a, uh, as a stockholder. And I, I think the fans are pretty much stockholders. Well, I, 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 won't, I won't go that way because the fans didn't have any say in this decision with, 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 with uh, the, the recension of the uh, three, three-team deal involving the Hornets, Lakers, and the Rockets. The board just made a decision and says, we don't like, we don't like the way it's, that's going. We think he's getting a little bit more money in his pocket than he should be, so I, wanna, I, I don't, don't want to share. Is, is that what happened? And, and, and for any listeners, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you're a sports fan, clearly. If you have not heard what we're really hitting at here is last, last few days, Rockets, Lakers, and Hornets had reached an agreement on a three-team deal which would have sent soon-to-be free agent Chris Paul to the Lakers and would have sent Kevin Martin, Luis Scola, and a first-round draft pick from the Rockets 
draft pick was coming from the Knicks that the Rockets had acquired in a t- previous trade to the Hornets. Lamar Odom would go from the Lakers to the Hornets, and the Rockets would end up with Powell Gasol. Uh, three teams that agreed on it. David Stern decided, nope, that was not good enough. <laughs> Apparently some of the owners, and let's also let me add that the league owns the Hornets right now. George Shin mucked up the franchise. The league took over and now and has owned the Hornets for about a year. They're still looking for new ownership to take over and for someone to buy the Hornets. And they still want them to keep staying in New Orleans, which I also think is ridiculous. But anyway, so they still have, you know, the league owns the team. So the league has the right to, they feel, have the right to turn down the trade, which they did. David Stern turned it down, citing basketball reasons, which was one of the NBA PR people who was quoted as saying, and I have friends in the league office. Heck, one of the guys in the league office gave me my first press pass to cover the Rockets, which got me started in the Easter Round Bar Review. But uh, for the league to cite basketball reasons to veto this deal is ridiculous. For Dan Gilbert, owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, to write to Commissioner Stern, and apparently his other owners felt this way, that the Lakers were getting over on this deal, and the league was becoming 25 Washington Generals and 5 Harlem Globetrotters, is also ridiculous. The Lakers would have saved money in the deal, but at that point, one of the reasons Gilbert cited was the Lakers would save $20 million in the trade. Gilbert must have just thought the Lakers were just going to stand pat and just be, be done with Kobe, Bryant, and Chris Paul and do nothing. They were going to acquire anybody else there. They are going to play 2-on-5 and, and have $20 million left in their pocket not to spend. So Dan Gilbert just showed his lack of basketball acumen and personnel knowledge with that letter. And his ownership is just further going to... Everything I'm going to... Gilbert touches now just turns to crap. That's you know, why. Now, I'm going to ask this question. When I heard that... You being despondent, and uh, and when you could have resolved your situation, because you've had time now, it's to to resolve your situation, whether by the draft or free agent market, but you chose not to. And if you thought, just like you said, that somebody else was supposed to stand pat and just let you know this this, this allowed you to even catch up, you have to be out of your mind because this is a competitive business. Am I wrong? It's supposed to be. I thought it was competitive business. It, it seems like to me the owners want handouts. They want everything done for them. Draft better. Make better trades. Make, find you do, somebody do better marketing. Even if you find somebody, because I think that the that, that biggest problem with a lot of these owners, they want basketball people. They had not brought in them. real financial person that can crunch those numbers to make that work. Because if you got a... Financial staff and a basketball staff that understand and know what they're doing, just like the Lakers, just like Boston, you would have got that resolved within a year, uh, within six months, because you didn't have to finish at the, at the bottom of the barrel last season and be the first person to get drafted to, to, to draft uh, Kyrie Irving. Am I am I wrong? Because you could have just been in the, in, the, in the mix. You didn't have to just you know just sit down on your on your thumbs and on your butt and on your ass all day. I'm sorry, but no, 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 no. Don't be sorry. I mean, because because that's basically what they did. And then you go you you do a lockout and you still don't resolve your problems, which you thought which you, you that's what you all to sit around and and and, and got resolved. But it tells me more that. A lot of these guys, uh, <laughs> a lot of these guys, get along. <laughs> you know, they just want to just get along, and they want somebody else to speak up for them. Well, at some point, you better learn how to speak up for yourself. Because Dan Gibbon, 
looks like he's finally woken up. Now, whether he's going to stay woke is going to be a, a big question because Cena starts next week. Am I right? Christmas Day. Five games, Christmas Day. But, uh, and, this, yeah, and, and this roster, I mean, not this roster, this schedule this year, folks, is going to be hell on wheels. Those those back-to-back games and, uh, and that one triple game behind each other, it's going to be a lot of bad basketball. A lot of bad basketball. But let's let's touch on a few things. We, we, we'll wrap it up here. Um, so, so many ironies involved in, in the rescinding of that deal. I'm not even sure if rescinding is a word I use it or not. Who knows? Um, as the owners of the Hornets, rumors of Chris Paul going to Lakers were mentioned two days bef- two three days before the trade was agreed upon by the three teams. So why didn't they veto the deal then? You know what's going on. It was reported by numerous sources, and so that's one thing. Now, the league said, "Well, we're going to turn the deal down, but we want the Lakers and the Hornets. We want the Hornets to get more younger players in return in the deal." That sounds so asinine. So, that so, so the kicker asinine. is the deal Saturday was resubmitted, supposedly. The Lakers finally said, we don't have enough to make y'all happy. So Lakers backed out of the deal. And you know what the Lakers ended up doing, listeners? The Lakers have traded Lamar Odom anyway to the Dallas Mavericks for the Mavericks trade exception of roughly $12.5 million. Man. Which the Mavericks can, uh, which the Lakers will now use to acquire Dwight Howard. Yes, that's right, Dwight Howard. So the Lakers have basically said, Okay, we're not getting Chris Paul. Let's go get Dwight Howard. That'll be better, probably better fit for us anyhow. So Dan Gilbert, David Stern, your arrogance has killed one deal and put another one together. Destroyed the Hornets because Chris Pollard's free agent would may leave, will leave in summer 2012 and give the Hornets nothing in return. The Rockets are up the creek because Kevin Martin is throwing words and darts at, you know, verbal darts at Daryl Morey saying he showed his true card. It's a business. It's a business. And Luis Scola is still a Rocket, so we'll see his Rockets and Hornets try to work out their own deal, which they probably should do, and get some of Chris Paul ends up with the Rockets. But the Rockets and Hornets are in purgatory right now, so we'll see what happens with them. But if the Lakers end up with Dwight Howard, not, and that's not a, a given, Dwight Howard would be a Laker. The Lakers and Nets are probably the top two teams trading for uh, Dwight Howard. But it should be ironic for Stern and Gilbert to veto one deal, supposedly because the Lakers were taking back too much money and were building a superpower. And now the Lakers do an end round and end up with possibly the best center in the NBA with Kobe Bryant. I think that's hilarious. It's good for the Lakers, and ultimately it's going to help out the league because you'll have West Coast superpower with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I think a growing superpower with the Oklahoma City Thunder, Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. and then Eastern superpower Southeast with Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. And the Knicks are building themselves up on the Upper East Coast in the Celtics. So that's how things work out. Gilbert and Gilbert stick to quicker loans and, and leave the basketball folks to basketball citizens to people know what they're doing. Where, where can folks find you, sir? You can find me all over the places, thank God now. Uh, my uh, Twitter is working, uh, so my blog is back, back up. Uh, my blog is 
www.aksvcsr.blogspot.com. My Twitter is AKSV, hashtag AKSVVCSR. And you can find me on the web at www.kingsizeview.com. Hit that hot key with my mug on the front, and you can locate the Fifth Ward Wildcat. And you, sir, Mr. KG. Uh, my website is www.houstonroundballreview.com. And as we were recording this podcast, it's in the afternoon. Kudos to the Houston Texans and TJ Yates for throwing a game-winning touchdown. Literally, with seconds left on the clock as the clock expires. The Texans come from behind, trailing 19-10, I believe. Yep. And pick up a road win. It's just an 20-19. I think the Texans are now 10-3 and on the season. And number one. And kudos, I mean, kudos to them. And that was moments, and I'm not a Texans fan. I'm a Redskins fan. But as moments after, moments before that took place, Rex Grossman got picked off by the Patriots, uh, Gerard Mayo, inside the 10-yard line. The Redskins were trying to tie the game up. So they lost 34-27 to the Patriots. At least they scored some points today. So my fantasy team has not done well today. But anyway, it's just a Houston, uh, pretty much so, yes. But uh, That's a good thing. My website is www.houstonroundballreview.com. Uh, our schedules are, are changing all around. Different things are happening. That's why this podcast is quick. It's why different things. We haven't had one, haven't done one in the last almost two weeks now. We'll see how things go. We'll see how our schedules play out. Thank goodness our football season is, is uh, wrapping up and not this basketball. The basketball season. season. And uh, a lot of people, I believe the Wildcat will be in Oklahoma City this weekend for the Cougars. Is that correct? So you're still going to make that trip? Uh, as far as I know right now, it's Nothing's changed. And uh, the, the U of H fellas, they lost on the road to Texas State uh, on Tuesday, 81-78. So they're not 4-4. Four four. They're going to play the Sooners in Oklahoma City in a uh, four-team event because it's not really a, uh, it's not a doubleheader yeah, or anything like that sort. It's, I mean, they're not, they're not playing each other. There's two games in Oklahoma City. It's one day, two games in one day. Yeah. Um, Cougars play Oklahoma. So hopefully the Cougars pick up a, a, a road win for them. Uh, I'm on Facebook, the Facebook fan page, Houston Round Ball Review. Uh, both of us are on YouTube at our respective channels, minus Houston Round Ball. I'm also on Twitter at T H E H R Review. Um, we'll see how more things play out. We're not sure. Maybe another podcast this weekend based on our schedules. May do it over the phone with Wildcat Coleman while he's in uh, Bricktown. Who knows how things will play out. Just keep listening. Thank you very Maybe much for Vegas. listening. Uh, that is well. He's going, I believe he's going to Vegas for a, a women's basketball tournament after that. So we'll see how everything uh, will play by ear. As always, thank you so very much for listening. Thank you uh, for telling your friends about the KD and Fistle Wildcat podcast. This one was unique because of the time restraints in our schedules. But in conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more. <laughs>